Hey y'all, Joe here. As the high quality producer and highly paid producer of this show, I forgot to start recording um, immediately when we started. It didn't take me long to realize that we weren't recording, just about 10 or 15 seconds or so. But just so you know, we're going to be jumping right into the conversation, into the intro. Please, whatever you do, don't tell Sam about this, that I uh, degraded the quality of his intro. Whatever you do, please do not tell Sam. Thank you. Today looking for Garza backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Waffle House and Joe Patrick, say hey. Hey, what's going on? Hey, that was uh, easy and boring and, and compared to Wednesday, kind of chill. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I yeah. talked talk to him. I mean, he said it was the best they played in the what for the three games they've had in eight days. Yeah, so absolutely. Which, that's which pretty nice. A lot of sense. Uh, it's kind of seemed like everyone was pretty, uh, at least up here from a communication standpoint, was a little bit jet lagged and kind of it, you know, just kind of tired from having to go cross country and everything like that. But the team didn't look like it at all. No jet lag. Uh, no, no weary legs. Nothing like that. Atlanta comes out, gets the job done. I mean, enough. I, I was worried that they were going to come out and look. Pretty sluggish. Sure. I went to training, what was it, uh, Friday? Yeah, it was Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Thursday and Friday. And they were saying, like, they were tired. They were making no bones about it. Um, they were tired. Like, mm-hmm. that's what, when you ask people, they just told you straight up. So it was honestly pretty surprising to see them with so much energy running, getting in behind RSL time and time. Time and time again, so yeah, all in all, in all good night. Good night. Yeah. Running on fumes either way, and it, whatever they did, it worked really well to get a tune-up and win. Uh, the biggest story of the night, probably George Bellow, yeah? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, he played phenomenally um, his first full, on his full debut. Um, what what can you really say about it? I, it, was, it was basically the perfect performance, what you want from a fullback. He almost scored. He almost scored. Um, Joe Patrick, I just, I just want to say this. I will... I will I will take a bullet here. I will I will sacrifice my beloved segment of McCann's McCorner to watch George Bellow start once again on, on, on Sunday against Red Bulls. I thought he was that good. I thought the kid was incredible. Uh, he immediately as soon as he started just moving like two feet, you knew, oh, okay, this person is actually extremely athletic and extremely coordinated and doesn't look like Chris McCann. <laughs> um, which was a big, big plus in my mind, personally. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. No, it's amazing. There's a 16 year old that actually gives you more options in certain areas than a veteran like Chris McCann. You know, yeah. of course, of course, there's obviously Chris McCann has his strengths, believe it or not, again, over, over a player like uh, Chris Goslin, but or not sure. Chris Goslin, what am I saying? Hmm. Um, George Bellow. George Bellow. But going forward, there's no comparison. George Bellow is way better. Way better. There were multiple times tonight where people were playing balls out wide and they were the exact balls Chris McCann was not getting to on Wednesday night. Uh, there was a few times where Bellow just took off and ran. He was making runs into the box. He was overlapping, which is something we haven't seen uh, since Greg Garza had that left back position. Mikey did it some, not a whole lot. Uh, but Bellow definitely just it felt like a huge improvement. It felt like just another layer of depth into the attack. And, and even defensively, he made a few really great plays. Tonight, yeah. I thought as well, which, I mean, how massive could that be going forward if we can get him kind of plugged in and installed over these next few games? I don't know if Tata will have 
the audacity to do that just because of the age kind of tag put on Bellow. But the kid is so damn smart. I mean, he walked into the press scrum tonight and he looks, I mean, I'm pretty baby faced, but he looks <laughs> younger. He looks younger than Carlton, he looks younger than me. He, he looks like a kid. Yeah, uh, but as soon as you start talking, you went, "Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah." He's he's got something. Uh, he's got pretty much everything. And I, I think I'm, I said Chris Goslin earlier because at one point during the game, I was googling Chris Goslin to okay. see when his birthday was because I wanted to know how much younger George Bellow was than Chris Goslin. Turns mm-hmm. out it's like. 15 months or something like that or, okay. or 14 or uh, 16 months or something so yeah. quite a big difference like we consider Chris Goslin Andrew Carlton these kinds of players kids and they are they're kids right. they're teenagers uh, George Bellow is like significantly younger than these guys to the point where like he would be playing in a different age group mm-hmm. as, as grow, you know growing up playing soccer so to, and I think about it this way uh, George Bellow made a start tonight um, at a younger age than when Andrew Carlton made that 90-second appearance against Houston last year where we thought this that was like some magnificent achievement that he, he went on for yeah. 90 seconds in an MLS game at that age. the loudest cheers of the year. Yeah, you know? yeah. George Bella just played yeah. like 72 minutes um, at a younger age. So yeah. very impressive. Very impressive. And played 72 minutes against a team with very dangerous attacking options. Sure. Um, RSL strength is on the wings. These guys like Saverino, Plata... Um, and yeah, like you said, defensively he was totally solid. Yeah, no, did a, did a great job all night, all night. The players uh, praised him as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Gressel everyone, was talking obviously. about it. Lorenzo was talking about it. Everyone was just super, super impressed. Although a little nervous. Yeah, yeah we didn't need to talk about about this. So uh, who was it? it? Was was it Jeff or no Gressel. Julian? So Julian admitted that. Uh, uh, Bello had been telling him that he was quite nervous before the game, and it sounded to me like he was pestering Gressel with a lot of questions as the other fellow wingback. Um, he said that he was he was told yesterday before the game, and I really thought it was funny because Gressel said, yeah, you know, I asked him how good a sleep he got, kind of joking around. He said, you know, a little, and, and Gressel didn't think he got that good a sleep. First thing, Bello comes in and says, like, oh, great night of sleep, great, great night of sleep last night. I think he, I think he heard Gressel kind of uh-huh. giving him some crap. Give him a little bit of crap, but yeah, no, uh, maybe a little jittery beforehand. But uh, I said, as soon as soon as he took the first touch, he said, "All right, this is what I do," <laughs> and that's it, man. That's as soon as he knew it. He, well, that, uh, yeah, that's what he said. He, he too. was right. It was, he, he was like, exactly as soon as I took a word touch, for word. Yeah, yeah. All right, this is what I do. Uh, and he showed it. He looked extremely comfortable uh, in all aspects of the game tonight. Extremely excited for him, and uh, extremely excited to see what Gressel did tonight. The, the half volley for the goal. Was phenomenal. I uh, even had some people in the press box jumping up and down and screaming, uh, which is a no-no. But uh, it was Joe, so <laughs> no. Um, Knew it right off the foot. Right. No. So some big cheers there for that. Um, even got the assist for the throw-in on the goal that was not an own goal, but kind of, sort of was an own goal. I've um, always said he's better. He's as good as with his left as he is with his right hand. Hand. Ah. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, he gets the assist for the throw-in on the goal from Tito that bounces off the post and off Nick Ramondo's back into <laughs> the goal. Hey, we'll take it. Uh, at that point, it's 2 nothing, and Atlanta United cruised from there. But, but Gressel continues to just show his versatility. You can play him anywhere, and he's going to have a ton of success. It's, it's incredible. I was just writing a story about him, so I was doing some research, and he's played in all but two league games for Tata Martino since he's been in Atlanta. Not this season. Yeah. Since he's been in Atlanta United, he's played a part in all but two games. He started every game this year in the league. 
it's incredible what he's doing. Like, just, just that alone. Aside from the fact that he's second in the league in assists, right? Aside from that, don't even, just the fact that he's made himself such, such an ever-present part of this team, mm-hmm. I think is the most incredible, incredible you know, stat uh, you could, that would speak to what he's done. Super draft pick. And one of the things we, we kind of had forgotten about that super draft in the shuffle, and we were reminded by a DSS commenter, a while back uh, was that Orlando had a chance to get Gressel <laughs> yeah. and they passed it up. <laughs> actually, I think they might have actually traded. They traded, traded yeah. away for it. Uh, they wanted uh, like Donnie Toya, and he is made like us. a start. You know, which is um, you know we we drafted Donnie Toya in the expansion draft and then yeah. just traded him right back. Just you know, dealt him. That was so, that was so 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 smart the way Atlanta United did that. Mm-hmm. We took uh, Toronto's I, goalkeeper. I for, one, I for one am shocked that Atlanta United outsmarted Orlando right. City Soccer Club. <laughs> shocked. But yeah, no. God, one of the little things that has gone on to have a huge impact in, in the grand scheme of Atlanta United, and then things keep coming up our way. Uh, couldn't quite get the result we wanted up in Harrison tonight. Toronto does nothing for us once again. When has Toronto literally done anything good for Atlanta United? The answer is never that uh, they lose there. So we will head to Harrison next week. Uh, four points up, though, and a chance to uh, get a extend that lead a little bit and continue to move closer towards the supporters shield. Uh, but you know, uh, yeah, Julian, Julian, we, you know, Julian was asked, Doug was asking all the players about what they felt about this game coming up. Jeff Lorenzo was like, don't talk to me about it. I want to go sleep. I'm not answering this question, but Julian, I thought he, you know, I loved it. He was like, you know, doesn't even matter. You know, we, even if we go up there and lose, we're still going to be ahead of them. So, um, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Now, what is a big deal is uh-huh. the play of Darlington Nagby in this game. He was huge. He was huge. Darlington played. Yeah, yeah, he played. He played. He, he played well. You know, um, he. It's it's amazing when you, we, you know because he's been out of the lineup and especially since Rometty has come in, we haven't quite seen or maybe it's not been as noticeable about what Nagby brings when you have a player like, um, like Nagby in the lineup or. I just got confused because uh, Sam's looking for the show sheet. Anyway, um, it's amazing. Went to see Nagby and Rometty in midfield. It was it was beautiful. It was it was, a, it was a sight to behold. And you know when you talk about Barco, where he fits in this lineup, if Nagby can play like he did tonight and distribute like he did tonight from the middle of the field, you know Tito, Joseph, Miggy, they're so fluid up top that I don't know if he's really needed in this setup. Yeah, Barco might be redundant. To a point. Um, at the same time, I really loved his energy coming off the bench. Tonight. I, oh yeah, for it sure. It's, awesome. it's not. It's not even like a critique yeah. about Barco. Really, it's just about you know. Tata talked in his press conference tonight a lot about characteristics that players have and like where those characteristics fit in a in a grand scheme or, or in his scheme, his tactical scheme. Um, and I think you know, just talking that way, Barco. Yeah, he's he's best served as a player coming off the bench at this point. Yeah. No, someone uh, by the way in, in our mentions telling us to go home. We ain't going nowhere, man. <laughs> We're I still, want to. I can't wait to. They're putting out the dead gum hand egg stuff. I don't know if y'all can see that, but uh, you got these weird, weird non-soccer nets behind us, and they're putting some fancy letters down on the field. We're getting, us. we're getting to see how the end zones are. Do you drawn. think if we stayed, wondering. we could just catch the Falcons game? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's going to stop us? Yeah. Um, also, uh, we did have a question come in from Felipe Cardin Cardin. Felipe Cardenas of The Athletic. Uh, go get an athletic description. It's phenomenal. Felipe doing some great writing there. Um, I think it was about Tata saying that's a whole other episode, but he did say he loved the show. So thank you, Felipe. Um, you guys did have questions 
elsewhere though on the Twitters and whatnot. Keep sending them questions to us on the live stream as well. We're, we're, we are paying attention. We'll try to get to them as best we can. Uh, but we did have some questions on Twitter. I want to go ahead and get to those. The first one comes from AliGETL. It's our very own Allison Schwab of DSS who asked, do you think the part of the reason for Tata playing the kids tonight, hashtag playing the kids tonight, was the quick turnarounds acquired in the stretch? And the answer is yes to that. He even mentioned it uh, in the post-game show saying that Bello got to come into his side uh, because essentially Parkhurst and McCann were, were taking some time off. Um, Parkhurst because he was tired. McCann because he allowed all the goals on Wednesday. Um, time <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah, rest. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, we specifically asked him, Will you know, has Bellow played himself into more, more, more starts this season? Um, and obviously it's tough because there's only four more games left in the season, but he did not commit to it. You know, he basically said, hey – he played seventy two minutes tonight, right? Isn't that isn't isn't? Are you not? Can I, can I give you anything else? Are you not entertained? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he wouldn't really commit to much more, but he definitely liked what he saw. Like Tata, for yeah. sure, liked what he saw. I think part of it is, you know, as a manager with a kid that young, you don't want to just want to be like, "Yep, he's in the rotation after this game, after this one game." You know, I think it's good. Just downplay it a little bit. Sure. I, we'll continue to see him on the bench, surely. I would surely would think he's going to be making the bench on. in all these games. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if he makes the bench over McCann um, once Garza's back. Or once Garza's back, if Garza's playing, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see um, how soon he's able to return. Absolutely. And Tata made a really interesting observation, I think, about the young players and, and hashtag playing the kids and said it's really easy for him to do that compared to other sides around the league when you can bring him into a side that has a lot of players that are very comfortable with each other and a lot of players that are very talented and know the system. And that's exactly what you're getting with a team uh, sitting atop the supporter shield standings. Yeah. And, and while we're talking about, um, while we're talking about Bellow, I did want to mention somebody in the, in the chat um, popped up earlier. Like what is Bellow's potential? Uh, you know, how far could he go? I mean, I believe that was on a scale from Ashley Cole to uh, Roberto Carlos. Oh, was it? Okay. Yes. <laughs> so rate that. Um, interesting. Well, uh, definitely above Ashley Cole. No, I, I he's he his ceiling is very high. I mean, Atlanta is lucky to have him. To be honest, um, he was trialing for teams like Everton, teams like teams in the Serie A, teams like Chelsea. They all wanted him too. They they wanted him after seeing him play for like an hour. Um, so Atlanta's lucky to have this kid, and surely his his future is in Europe, uh, and mm. that future is you know several years away, hopefully. Um, and, that, and that may be soon. There, can you kind of explain to me and to this as well? Just kind of about the rules with being yeah. eighteen. And so he's basically like going to be here. Like he, he's basically going to be here until he's eighteen. The only way he could leave before that is if his parents uh, got jobs in Europe, um, and. That's for most countries. Every, every country kind of has it different. But in order for him to get a visa, um, his parents would have to go over until he's 18, until he's a legal adult. So fortunately, we're going to have him probably until he's 18, um, which is a good thing. Considering he started here, I'm assuming that's what it will be. He could have gone over earlier when he could have gone to Chelsea or Everton or any of those teams, and his parents would have had to get jobs. But one of the reasons they didn't do that is because is because they would have had to they would have their whole family would have been uprooted and they would have had, had to go over there. So yeah, from hopefully Douglasville, we'll Georgia. Yeah, Douglasville, Georgia. This kid from Douglasville, Georgia, <laughs> yeah. is going to go he, to Europe and, and make a name. For as himself. a kid, as That's a kid, insane. he was driving up. His parents were driving him from Douglasville to Alpharetta every God. you know every other day or whatever or every day to go train. It's amazing. It's amazing things happening around this city. I know, and, and the way we can connect this all back and see. 
see this kid kind of grow up with us in places that we know and then you know one day we're going to be looking on the tv and seeing him in the premier league and that's, that's that warms my heart <laughs> so one of one of the stories i'll be writing for it it'll go up on mls tomorrow is about bello and my editor was, was giving me a brief and said he noticed that uh tata gave bello a basito uh, when he was coming off the pitch. And oh, me not, not knowing what that is, and Felipe Cardenas sitting right next to me, I say, Felipe, what's a besito? And he goes, it's a little kiss. Oh, <laughs> oh it's so pleasant. So, oh, that's, so nice. pleasant. that's nice. So Tata. God, I'm going to miss Tata. I know. Yeah, he's probably going to leave, guys. But that's okay. Uh, God, just to, just to be around a, a very genuine human like that in sports is... Yeah. We talked about this, but to be around a genuine human like that in sports is so rewarding. And I, I keep thinking that every time I, I get to you know be around tata at this point it's just it's a pleasure and i don't know how many times we're going to be able to do that yeah and that's not us having like any inside information but no, I think no, no, both no, no, of no. our hunches are just or not even our hunches but just you know we always expect the worst sure so we're, we're i just kind of expect him to leave right exactly that way if he stays then i'll be happy but yeah, if i can prepare myself the, now it's the atlanta sports fan in us uh yeah. but today a great day for atlanta sports all around uh go braves um as well um so yeah absolutely whole lot of good things going on. Um, let's see. We'll get to another question here from Michael Watson. And he says, was RSL's game plan just crazy obvious or did our back line set the offside trap perfectly over time? Um, a little bit of both, but me, you're spot on with it being pretty obvious. Me and Joe kind of figured out the same thing you did. Was, yeah. Hey, look, they're going to chip the ball over the top and try to get in behind. And that was keyed out really early. They were offsides, I think, like five or six times in the first half. Yeah, and it seemed like the, those over-the-top balls kept coming from the same spots. And it's like yeah. Atlanta knew once the ball kind of got into those spots, they knew that the chip ball was going to come over. So then they would mm-hmm. just they would just come up. And I think that, you know, if we're talking about Bellow, I, I thought that that was the one area where, I don't know if struggled is the right word, but it's definitely an area of improvement for him where he was so focused on marking his man. And, you know, as a young player, you don't want to be caught out like, looking stupid so you want to make sure you're constantly marking your guy but at times he would mark his guy way too deep and he would actually put a lot of players on side uh, you know on the other side of the field so just some some positioning for him um getting more cohesion you know making sure he's not pushing that that offside trap back and keeping players on is an area for him to work on but you know like you said, overall, overall, individually, his play was extremely good, especially defensively. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the the setup for Atlanta tonight, because guys, we're going to tell you something here. You can't trust. You can't trust yeah. Atlanta United. <laughs> you can't trust those lineup graphics. Sneaky, y'all. sneaky. It's uh, they, they've they've begun to to pull a little uh, trickery. Honest, a little trickeration with these lineup graphics. Um, Do you think Tata's just like out. chuckling to himself, <laughs> writing the yep. writing the lineup? <laughs> hmm. Let's go four four two tonight. They'll never see it coming. Um, no, it, or, is setup, this a, or is this a scheme by Ryan? Is this a scheme it by could Ryan, be Ryan Kennedy? Kennedy. It should, who, it who's going? Be. Who's going? Yeah. Hmm. This is a three five two, but I can set this up at a four three three. Yeah, it's just one extra advantage. Just one extra advantage, and we're going to need all this we can get going in the playoffs. But uh, no, the the lineup graphic shows four three three. It was more three four three ish. Three four yeah two one. I, I would yeah I, I would say three four three. Tata kind of talked about how in the second half the team kind of became disconnected with regards to the three and the four, and then just the front three of Miguel Tito and Joseph. And actually about that not being such a bad thing about that disconnection because then you basically absorb pressure and then. You have those three dangerous attacking players who have a ton of skill um, in isolated position of the field. So if you can get them the ball on the counter, you know they're in a great position to attack. So 
in the first half, you know, it was more cohesive. Everybody pushed up together. And then the second half, you kind of saw those counterattacking opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it seemed to work for me. I, I loved watching Gressel and Bella on the wings. I thought it was a ton of fun. Um, everything seemed really cohesive and smooth, even with a different personnel change. Um, we, we could talk a little bit about the midfield, but the midfield was just kind of there doing their job, I think, tonight. Uh, you, you definitely have a very boring midfield, I guess you would say, with Lauren Witz, uh, Nagby, and um, the other one I'm forgetting because they were so boring. Rometty. Yeah. So uh, um, I, what did you think of Rometty tonight, by the way? Uh, I, I thought he did a job. I mean, yeah. he was fine. He he. This, I, this was actually more the performance that I expected of him when he came into Atlanta. Carmona-esque. Yeah, being more of a destroyer um, as opposed to being a guy who you're kind of depending to take the ball forward and, and help distribute the ball to those playmakers like Miguel and Tito and Joseph um, because we didn't have Nagby at that, at that time. So he was actually forced to do a lot of that work. And I thought he kind of started to struggle a little bit before we got Nagby back. So it's been—I thought—I think actually their tandem together is, is quite—they're um, very complementary of each other. I think. Sure. And sure, I sure. and the other one thing I wanted to point about the three-five-two is kind of goes understated with it, but I really think it puts Franco Escobar in his best position. Um, I think as the, as the right-sided center back, as, as one of the three center backs in particular, um, it does a couple of things. One is that you know, as in the center back position, it keeps him from making those bombing runs up the field where I feel like when he's playing as a right back, he feels like he constantly needs to be up there like in the attack. Um, and then he he uses all his energy running up the field and he can't get back sometimes if, when the other team counters. Sure. So it helps keep him back. And also, you know, he's just, he's an aggressive defender. He's going to really get stuck in for balls. Um, and when he doesn't make one, at least if he's playing in a three, he's got plenty of cover behind him. If, if, there, if he makes a mistake, you know, it's not going to be a total catastrophe with people scrambling all over the place. So I really like him in that yeah. position. I think that you know it gets it just gets the best out of him. It allows him to be aggressive in those situations defensively, um, and it allows him to you know make more tackles, more interceptions, that, that kind of thing when he has that freedom. Yeah. So, so do you think there's a chance we see him kind of in that position a little more? I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think if if we stick with the three five two, I think that the three you'll see in the back typically will be um, LGP Parkhurst and Escobar. Yeah. Or Lorenowitz. But we should probably talk about Parkhurst, I think, because okay. he has basically been terrible um, <laughs> since the. I, knew, I knew as soon as I knew as soon as let's talk about Parkhurst came up. That's the same as your or your your current significant other being like we need to talk, <laughs> yeah. and some, something we need something to talk hot about is about to come out. Uh, Parkhurst has been terrible, you say? I okay. Maybe maybe that's an overreaction. Maybe that's an overreaction. <laughs> 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 I try to do my best, like couples right. counseling here. Uh-huh. Um, no, but I, so what happened is it's not like necessarily his fault. Here's what happened. So he suffered an ankle injury in like the game before the All-Star break. And he was determined to play in that All-Star game. Uh, he was selected by the fans. He was like one of the captain's picks that he was robbed, robbed uh, from, being, right. from, from being the captain. That. that was dumb. But, you know, he, he was he played in the game and then he, he just started he just kept playing. And he, I don't feel like he ever got proper time to recover from that ankle injury. And I feel like that's kind of been hamstringing him lately. Um, so I was actually glad to see him, one, first of all, not in the starting lineup. But second of all, don't even put him on the team sheet. Just leave him out. Um, let him just fully rest. Don't make him like go through any substitute warm-up or anything, anything like that. He was kind of just hanging out in the press box before the game, too. He was just, he was just chilling. It was yeah. nice. It was the best dress I've ever seen him in a suit like that. 
Yeah, no. Because normally when we see him after games, he's like in his plaid shirt like me. He looks like me. He looks exactly like me without the hat. It's worse. It's it's worse. (laughs) Not that you're bad, but it's like, it's like, I want to call it early 2000s dad going to like a a Blink-182 show. (laughs) That's my interpretation of Parky and his dress style. He was voted the worst dress player by his peers. I just want you to know that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's understandable for sure. For sure, as far as uh, giving him a little bit of rest and everything like that, just making sure he, he he's good to go. Um, but it will I, don't, be I don't think you take him out for whatever what's a long run, though. I uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But it will be interesting to see. So, like in the playoffs, if we run a three-five-two and Parkhurst is back, um, do you run a back three with LGP, Parkhurst, and Escobar? And if you do, then who's your two midfielders? Is it? Is Lorenowitz out of the lineup? Basically, is that what was that what we're saying? If Parkhurst is in and all these players are in a three-five-two, does Lorenowitz finally lose his spot? It's hard because I feel like in a vacuum, for yes. The, for the sake of the show, that's heresy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you might be right. Well, it's like in a vacuum, yes. But in context of this team and the manager and the personnel, Tata loves Jeff, Jeff Lorenowitz and he's always going to want to play him. He's played in like, he started in, he's like Gressel. He's started in almost every game he's played uh, or almost every game since Tata Martino has been here. So I don't know. That's, that's all I have to say. I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. And those are really deep questions that would take a lot of time to kind of get into. Um, and we may have some stuff coming to you on com about that soon uh, as well as so keep an eye out for that uh joe any any final thoughts to kind of wrap up a two nothing win here no it was just a just a huge win um for this team obviously to go like gressel yeah. said to go into new york with in a situation where you can't lose your spot top the supporter shield race is huge um so yeah and it's yeah. like like i said much unexpected from my perspective i i did not see this coming i did not see this kind of performance coming um, I actually thought we were going to lose. Oh, I actually wow. thought we were nice. going to lose yeah. tonight. So, um, yeah, that was huge. I thought it was really big getting a, getting that goal in the first half to make sure like we weren't chasing a goal in the second half mm-hmm. um, on the on our tired legs. And I think if if we were in that position, I think there was a good chance we get exposed. We kind of leave ourselves open um, for our RSL to attack us. So, yeah, yeah good win. What about you? You have uh, any final big thoughts? Time. Big time. I, my final thought is Toronto, get your shit together. But actually, don't because we see you guys in a few <laughs> yeah. weeks. Um, but if anyone wants to help us out here, that'd be great. That'd be great. You guys all need to be more like DC United and help us out along the way here to uh, get Red Bulls off the map. The, the, the earlier we can end this, the better I'm going to be feeling about everything. Uh, because it's obvious the players want to... Get this trophy. It's a Julian Gressel mentioned it at night. The goal is his border shield. I mean, there's there's no no getting around it. Uh, we want this trophy. We want it to be our first trophy in club history, and uh, then move on to bigger things. Hopefully with MLS Cup. Uh, but there's no no beating around the bush as far as uh, the intentions of this team. Uh, so keep moving towards it. And biggest game of the year. Biggest game. Maybe an MLS history coming up uh, from a regular season standpoint as far as two of uh, the best teams of, of all time in MLS by points total going up against each other in what's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, we will have a preview show definitely for that one. We will grab someone from um, Once a Metro or something of the like to come talk to us about Red Bulls, uh, talk a little smack as well because uh, this is this going to be a hell of a game, y'all. 
hell of a game. Uh, so you got eight days to rest up for it, which is nice. But uh, but get ready. It's gonna be something. Gotta be something. We gotta get out of here because my phone's gonna die. I'm on Love five percent. Excellent. This is the kind of quality content you've come to expect from Five Strike Final. The highly distributed audio discussion. All right, y'all, that'll do it here from Mercedes-Benz Stadiums. Let's get on JCM Jones. You can follow me at J underscore Sam Jones on the Twitter. You can follow Joe Patrick at JPatrick200. Don't add that extra zero. JPatrick200 on the Twitter as well. Go ahead and check out Dirty South Soccer on Twitter and Five Track Final on Twitter. And don't forget to check out the website as well. The best Atlanta United coverage around. Read the website. From my opinion, uh, the most read I would be interested. I would be interested to know if we are. We, I think we might be. And we're definitely going to follow Twitter account. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, sounds like yeah. pretty relevant. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, go and give all that a look. And like I said, more content coming your way soon. Harris, Harris just joined. Nice, nice. Oh, thanks n- for nice getting in, Harris. Nice one nice to come on late at night. I'm surprised he's not asleep. What an ass. Uh, Harris went to sleep for the Wednesday game, by the way. He shut it off. And that's your punishment, Harris, for coming in like 50 minutes late to this podcast. H-Dad, whatever this is. I don't know. But Harris went to sleep before all the nonsense happened on Wednesday. And you deserve it. It comes to you. In your face. All right. Anyway. All right, y'all. Shout out to Nicole Hardman. Shout out to Eric Stokes Jr. Shout out to Mike Fultonevis. Shout out to Dancy Swanson. Shout out to Ozzy Albies. Shout out to Ronald O'Connor Jr. Shout out to Alex Anthopoulos. Shout out to everyone that made me really, really happy today. And yes, that includes you, LeVar Burton. I know. It was uh, shout out Jorge Dealer. Shout out Justin Belfley. Shout out Dan Gargan and uh, Pound Those Natties. Uh, shout out Kevin Egan and shout, shout out Jillian Zachmus. All right, everybody, that'll, that'll do it for us. See you later.